Yeah, so I don't really get it. But it's dumb. Yeah. So this thing that the, your purchase works though. Like yes, it's yes. exactly so that's good, dude. Fire, 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 me. fire. And on that note, everybody, welcome into another episode of Rabbit Hole Sessions. Bang, boing, boing, boing. We're happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> it's been some crazy preamble, but we're ready oh, to go today. Man. Tyler on demand. Tyler, TOD, what's good, y'all? Happy to be here. Happy to have you. Young James, Jimmy McMoney here. Yes, Hardy, sir. sir. Jimbo Slice right here. Jimbo Slice. Yeah. Y'all ready to cut some people up. Yeah, huh? yes, sir. Well, I just cut up that music video. Y'all better check oh. it out. That's right. Yeah, good early go plug. It. Good early plug. Bobby Ray music video is on my YouTube. Tyler on demand. Shot and edited by our very own James Valdez. We had a great fucking time with that. We can get it done in great. a second yeah. if you want. I don't know if people have been saying stuff to you, but mm -hmm. no Emilio today, unfortunately. But we do have a return guest. Well, I'm trying to think. Like officially, it's like your fifth episode or fourth episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. When, well, unofficially, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. Unofficially. This is like your fifth return. Fourth or fifth, yeah. You may remember now from what was I am trash. I am trash. Dude, that sucks. Cause we like the other ones we recorded we had were so much, much better. better yeah. Just uh, other circumstances. It's okay. But Nav is here. Woo! Nav and Money returns. What's up, yo? How are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I have no idea how long that episode was. That might have been almost a year ago at this point. Yeah. But big changes I know for this a podcast lot, yeah. at least. What about you in life? I know that's a big question. Uh, right. to are you start asking off what's new? A year of recap. But just how are you? How tell the people? Yeah, in one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Encapsulate your year with all the turmoil, everything that's been going on. Um it's been great. I've had a great year. Like That's good. Do you feel guilty saying that cuz I feel it sometimes when mm. people are like how are you doing and I'm just like I'm good. Yeah. And I feel like I'm not no, no, no. To be good. You shouldn't no, feel no. guilty. Yeah. I'm not guilty, but I do acknowledge that shit's going on and other people might not feel that way. And I only honestly I feel good as a result of the shit going on. Not not saying that COVID is good, but that it enabled me to like grow in great ways. Yeah. I agree with that a lot. It it's I mean, we grew up in turmoil. Yeah. And this is the biggest one we anyone has faced, right? right so yes. they do say adversity introduces you to yourself. Yeah. yeah and you if go. you survive through this you can survive through anything. Yeah. That's how I feel about our podcast when we were doing the quarantine episodes. Like, the fact that we were able to get through that, I feel like we can do anything with this show. But what did you mean by the circumstances were leading you to need to yeah. do something new? Or yeah, yeah. So what happened this summer, a lot of things happened. I was supposed to travel. I was going to go to Switzerland with James oh, to geez. study design. Yeah. And it was yeah. going to be a great freaking time. It was going to be incredible. Yeah, yeah. Wait, study design? Like, yeah. So At program. a design school in Basel, Switzerland. In Basel, Switzerland, and they have a phenomenal design school, and we're going to go with one of the best design professors. Shout out Mark Laughlin at Northeastern. And um, and it got canceled, obviously. And um, I was also going to go to India, see some family, London School of Economics later, and, and, and Greece to see family again. So all of that. you know. Wait, London School of Economics just popping in saying, hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I was going to study there, too. Oh, Yeah, oh, for like a God couple months. Damn. Yeah, I was going to do a lot of things. But obviously that, that didn't happen, and I was going to use the time to like reflect um, but it turns out, like, traveling the world is not a great proxy for, like, learning about the internal world. So, like, it was great to just, you know, like, be at home. And not only that, uh, we bought a new home. My parents bought a new home in Maryland, which is where I grew up. So I have friends going back 20 years, or not 20, but, like, 15 years from second, third grade that I've been reconnecting with and hanging out with all of them. And obviously safe, safely, but, um, yeah, that's been phenomenal. And, you know, it's just, like... A lot of a lot of good things happened. Like the house is beautiful. I've grown with my family, all that stuff, and um, I, I relaxed this summer, so it was great for reflection. Ended up being amazing, and uh, started a bunch of new habits that are just like fruitful. And as of yesterday, I uh, I actually got a full time job that I was like really working hard to get, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's you know I'm just super excited, you know. 
What was I'm sorry everybody had to grab the notebook. <laughs> We're bringing the notebook segment Wait, back. Can we close the window too? Uh yes, pause. There was something you just said about um the reflecting and how traveling is not the most conducive to finding the internal world. That's really interesting cuz a lot of the times people will talk about needing to get somewhere physically sure. to find themselves or like to find inner but it does make a lot of sense like you're saying that I mean circumstances that force you to stay in place kind of would force you more to look internally. Has that, so you said that you've like seen that. James, have you seen that at all? I know we've been working a lot, so I don't know how much internal well, time so I, I can see how, I think the reasoning why other people feel the need to get out of their own space is because they need new perspectives or new experiences outside of the, the comfort zone. And they get in. that a lot. And they do, they definitely do. And it helps them, the biggest part is it helps them reflect on the places that they were. Mm -hmm. So if you're in your own place, in your own home, you can still do that. Mm -hmm. It's just, it has to, it's, it's probably a lot mm -hmm. more disciplined, you know, mm -hmm. to get to that point. Why is that? Because there's already like a set routine, basically. Yeah, your home. yeah. You kind of have to break out of it. Yeah. That is interesting. Making new habits in an already like physical location. That was something that was a little hard for me when quarantine and COVID, all that first started, like working out at home or working from home. Because I really like to differentiate my spaces, right? Like I was always the type that would like to go to the library or go to a study spot rather than just be in my dorm room, right? Or at my house. And I think I can relate with that, that being forced to stay in one place because I'm just like a very erratic guy in general being forced to stay in one place did make me have to uh not even confront but just like you said reflect internally and I think it's been beneficial in that point so I guess yeah in that sense you shouldn't be guilty you shouldn't feel bad about saying that you feel good because it's finding a way to use the adversity right finding a way for it to feel you rather than just yeah. defeat you yeah we should all strive to I mean I assume people want to feel good and people want to grow and learn and stuff like that and I'm not trying to invalidate like people that don't do that and invalidate the fact that people are struggling and don't might ha not have the opportunity to do that. But I guess I'm just blessed like I had a lot of time to do that. So. Mm. Do people that like feeling bad to feel good, is that trying to feel good? Feeling bad, like masochism. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I see. I know. I see what you, know you what mean. Because there's a way said, we can rephrase it. Because right when yeah. you just said, I like, I, I, I assume everybody feels good. My crazy brain is like, well, except for the masochist, right? But it's like, damn. But I guess they are trying to feel good by feeling bad. But Tim, Tim talked about it in the Delaware podcast about putting himself in places mm. in like zones where he's uncomfortable, so oh, he could be productive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. But that wasn't necessarily to make him feel good. In fact, he was talking <laughs> about making himself feel bad yeah. on purpose, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> and not even with the end end goal of feeling right, good. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, let's just stay uncomfortable. Let's stay a little miserable. Shout out to Tim, Emil the producer. He's the boy. Speaking of Bobby Ray, he produced that. So definitely check him out, Emil the producer. But again, speaking of Bobby Ray, James, I've I mean I've definitely gotten some compliments on it, and people complimenting you, not knowing that you know you were the one to reach out to. But Sweet. How has people been giving you compliments? Yeah, it's all been positive. Well, so uh, like when you send it to your family, of course they're gonna be like, "Yo, that was cool," because oh, they don't even know rap music or rap music right, videos. Right, it's like it's me. Like it's not even you in the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um. The first people I sent it to were actually, or showed it to, was my significant other. Um, and then I sent it to Navin and Emilio because those are the three most critical people in my life. Like, not in a bad way. They just give the best constructive criticism. Like, they, they actually analyze it for what it is. And instead of just being like, this is dope, they say why it's dope and why what parts I could, better, I could change. And that's why I wanted to get it out a little earlier, but after sending it to them, they give like really good feedback and I, I, I needed to fix that. And when I did, it was much better. Oh, well, thank you now. Much better. <laughs> yeah. And bleep and Emilio. Yeah. By, by, the, by the way, Tyler, I haven't said it was sick and oh, the song is you. sick. Yeah, thank for you, sure. I really, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I mean, I think it's awesome too. James, you know, I think it's fucking great. You know, I'm very thankful for the work you did. And then 
uh, when you first sent it, I just had to get over the initial, oh my God, it's me. You're like, yeah, oh yeah. God, I can't watch this. Yeah, like, yeah. first 20 seconds, I couldn't get by without just being like, oh God, let me just close this laptop. But now that I've watched it some more, you know, now it's up there and now you it's You fuck out, with it. You vibe it with it. It feels really yeah. good, dude. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but that's like, when you sent it to me, and once I got the finals, I was like, okay, this needs to go out. Because I was like, if I sit on this too long, then I will just keep getting mm-hmm. too self-conscious and keep thinking about it too much. So mm-hmm. I don't like to make things and sit on them. Like, I really like to sit on, or sorry, make them and put them out. But with music and shit, it's it's really easy to make a song. Like, it's really fast. It's really quick. Like, I mean, James, the booth is right behind you in my yeah. closet. I could We could hop in there right now and make a song. That hop in exactly, the closet? Yeah. Hop, what? Hop in, <laughs> we, we all hop in, in, hop out. Yeah, yeah all three of us just hop in. Hop in, Oh man, yeah. But that's to say, it's like even with the um, SMS that's coming. Yeah. Like we've been, we've had that for a while, and I've just been like, and this it's actually been the opposite, which is a testament to I know how good this album's gonna be. Is I haven't been, oh, what are people gonna think? It's yeah. like no, no, I know oh, people are yeah. gonna love this, oh, yeah. and I'm just sitting on it. But it goes into the whole promo part of creating, right? The whole like packaging, marketing side, which is still something I'm learning more of. Mm. But sure, Nav, what have you been uh, creative ventures since you've been uh, in this internal journey, if you've had any? Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of this summer, I actually didn't do anything. Um, but I have been, in, well, I started a project this year. That's, I mean, it's literally a venture, not a venture in terms of like a business, but it's definitely a project I'm working on. Um, so I'm like building, I'm working with some software engineers to build some tools that help clinicians like decide whether, uh, which treatment to give to someone with like depression. Mm, wow. So we're using machine learning to do that. So that's one of the things wow. in terms of like art and music, I've just been going deep into new music and, um, uh, watching hella films. And I, I'm learning a lot about, um, like global, global affairs, the world economy, um, and how, how America has been constructed recently, or not recently, throughout the past few hundred years. I've been learning a lot about that. And it's super interesting to learn. Like, for example, I watched, um, this is more recent, but I watched the trial of the Chicago 7 on Netflix about revolutionaries during the Vietnam War who were persecuted by the government for uh, wanting to, you know, end the war. And they were saying that it was just, oh, communism, like, is going to destroy the country. And it's, there's a lot of parallels today. And I learned, like, there, there's a lot that can be done. And, and Use, using those lessons to improve this situation we're in now. And then there's also, I'm doing a lot of deep research into like, what is capitalism? Is it good? Is it bad? I, I've seen a lot of criticism, a lot of proponents of it, um, and learning about how like, can we get to the place where like people have equal opportunities across the board and how do we get there? Because I am a person that is privileged. I, I, I've just been given everything in this life. Like, I live in the northeast of this, the United States, which is one of the most, you know, rich places in the world, richest countries ever. I have amazing parents, amazing family home. Um, I have, uh, I've been, I've been given great opportunities. They, they have been giving me a great home life, and then uh, the pe- the people I meet, um, you know, it's just, it's just been amazing. But like, that's not just, just not true for so many people. And like, um, I know it's possible for people to like. If they, if given equal opportunities, equal education and stuff like that, people can, can grow people with previously, uh, that have been, you know, bullied by like our institutions can, can get out of that. And do you think that, <clears throat> excuse me, that can still exist under some structure of capitalism? Yes. Cause, oh, okay. I, I, I like that. And I just want to differentiate for myself out loud and for people listening. Um, there's the way America has formed capitalism. And then I think there's a theory of capitalism and I, you know, you could argue that they're pretty intertwined mm-hmm. i'd say america is definitely a reflection of modern capitalism at least right since the industrial revolution but i've always thought there was a way to 
and I, and I don't know exactly what, but I've always thought there was a way to have the benefits of capitalism, and it was more of a scale thing rather than capitalism itself that was the problem. Like, so what are, what are along the lines of you be thinking that that can exist in a structure of capitalism? So the way I see it now, um, capitalism sucks since the Industrial Revolution and even before that, because let's, let's, let's take Ford, for example, Henry Ford and the Model T, the first car, and, and the line production of it. Um, people were just turned into robots, essentially, to, to, to build, yeah. to build this, this car. Mm. They, they had no creativity in their job. They were just like dying every day. Um, emotionally and mentally because they, there was no freedom. They're, they were literally like enslaved by the organization. And and to some degree, they chose it and they're getting paid and they signed up for that. But to, to other degrees, like they don't have other opportunities and um, they, there's just nothing else to be done. Right. Uh, but now we're reaching points where like technological innovation can... Uh, now humans are not necessarily the most efficient tool to enslave for for progress to be made right like robots are yes ro literal robots yeah, yeah, now yeah. right and so we have robots like in uh like cloud computing as an example it, it, it's software but it's like it runs while you're not doing anything while no humans are working on it that code makes things run right. that's one example of that and and that just means that for example the job i just took on it's it's at a financial technology company i can get more into that in a bit uh but um, they have around 20 employees, 10 engineers, but they're generating millions and millions of dollars of value, not because they have thousands of employees that need to do that, but because they're leveraging innovation. And so what this means is that given uh, education about like how to use code and how to use these innovative uh, technologies and tools, even financial capital as leverage, like education and access to that across the board, like smart people in bad situations can use their brain and use this leverage to improve their situation. That is what capitalism is at its core. And and it's also a lot of people like to criticize capitalism for its negative effects, right? But if we actually look at the past 500 years, 1,000 years, um, capitalism has enabled progress to be made across the board. So the poorest people in this country now are better off than the poorest people in this country 500 years ago. And that is that is true about that. Right. And, and so that, that's... Also, just an, uh, maybe a natural trend in the modern world because mm -hmm. of the innovation that came from capitalism, right? right? Yes. Is that what you're saying? That it's yes, yeah. It, capitalism enabled people across the board to be um, to to have better lives. But the problem is, there are people that have amazing lives, and there are people that still have terrible lives in comparison. Let alone comparing them to people of 500 years ago. Right. So now it's about where we've written we like with the use of technology, we see so much of what's happening in the world and what's always happened, but now we all see it. Right. And 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 so and so um, now we, we people are just the collective consciousness is just ri rising. It's 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 becoming more intelligent because people are now on their base level aware of what inequality means and they don't like it. And people are pushing harder than ever to make it equal. Mm. But the the thing is that they take it to the level where it's like capitalism is terrible. These are these are the. Uh, anti-capitalism people right. I'm speaking yeah yeah they say capitalism terrible these are the people that want to abolish capitalism um, but but it's actually not terrible it's just that we need to enable people to use those tools that exist and and help themselves so it, it instead of like abolishing it should be a deconstruction of it yeah we should yeah like we should that. redesign well, the same way people just immediately discredit socialism 
because of the connotation of the word socialism. Mm. Capitalism has the same thing, and people just immediately assume all of capitalism is bad. It's it's just a deconstruction of the terms and the actual understanding of mm. like, what each system has. That's how you develop a new system. That's how you develop something that has the benefits of both. You have to understand. Them. I like this. I like the sound of deconstructing, right, rather than destroying or mm. abolishing or like dismantling is another one of those words. I think we spoke about it in a previous episode, but it's this idea of like anytime you hard turkey or what is it cold, cold turkey. turkey hard turkey <laughs> oh my god i guess a cold what does turkey that mean? Hard. Yeah. <laughs> right? a frozen one yeah. <laughs> that's nuts but it's like the idea of anytime you try to do something that drastic especially with something so ingrained and entrenched like a system things like capitalism or when they're talking about the police system like abolish police right for one those type of statements even if like you believe them like the messaging is poor you're going to turn a lot of people off when you have extreme messaging, right? And you might also garner a lot of support because there are a lot of people that might think or feel in extremes, right? But haven't thought out the ramifications necessarily. And so I think these words like dismantle and um, what did you say? Deconstruct. Deconstruct, right? I think are better connotations of what people actually want, which is a better society. And I just think people don't realize that a better society can be reached still within the bounds of these um, systems or constructs. Mm -hmm. And it's just like you said, it's up to empowering and enable people to use it properly do you believe there is a world where ai then can be capped and like the it doesn't go out of control like we can use it for our benefit because you know there's the classic horror story of ah the robots are going to take over the ai and you know i don't necessarily see it in the same way like irobot you know that sal <laughs> takes over and fucks us all up but it could be a sense where we start to lose what's i don't even know what the word would be i guess control Control, yeah. And well, like, what's, well, the control would be under the people who are abusing AI to yeah. so you do control think the is, knowledge, I mean, control right. information. So you do think there is a way, because I just, I'm, I'm tapping into like even the deepest sense of like human discovery and like wanting to push the bounds, right? Like the people who create these things want to keep furthering like discovery. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a very good quality. It's just about, is there an extent where it gets dangerous? Do you think there is one? And do you think we can stop it before it gets there? You, I mean, there's always dangerous things. You mean dangerous and no point of return? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, in terms of artificial intelligence you mentioned, we're like probably like 3% in to our journey of artificial intelligence. We're not even close to this general artificial intelligence that may or may not take over the world. Right. And when we get even close, the world will look drastically different. Mm -hmm. And so I don't even think we're capable of having this discussion because we don't know even remotely what that's going to look like. Right. Um, that being said, artificial intelligence tools, they are only usable by people. Like, there's right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they're, they can't, like any tool, they can be used for good, they can be used for evil. Um, and it's just about, I guess, our trust in others to, like, ensure that we don't destroy ourselves. Something mm. we had talked about, me and Navin off cam, was um, how other countries have adapted the technologies that America's had, yeah. mm. but they, they've gotten around the legislation barrier like the the gap in the um the laws being made to regulate it oh. because america was the first to develop these um technologies or like at least pioneered it there was it was moving so fast that america couldn't keep up with the laws mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but these other countries are getting it after the innovation and their their countries are developing uh, at the same most of the time kinks are already worked out yeah, so exactly. they can so they can also create their policies better because now because now when we make amendments and make policies they're based on what's america's policies were in the past right. we take countries like singapore or yeah countries like singapore um they they have innovation 
they weren't limited by the total bureaucracy of this the United States, and so now they're making huge bounds yeah. in, in development. So this means that countries to countries, if they can access this innovation, I guess on the country level, if they have access to the education and the access to the tools, these innovation tools like we were just talking about, um, they can pull themselves out of really bad situations and, and, and potentially, um, you know, match match United States uh, innovation and progress. Singapore is an interesting country to me in a lot of ways. Very like it's, a, it's a very cool country to look at a lot of, like politically, socially, any of that shit. Like mm -hmm. it, it, politically, they're one party, right? Like one party throughout the whole country. I, I'm not an expert in this, but I believe they're, they're democ I, I was reading about this a little bit and it, somebody said they run the country like a business. Yeah, okay. Hello, hello, Mike, Mike. Okay, everything should be good now. Right, um, all right. So we left off before that brief uh, audio mishap. We were talking, <laughs> we were talking about Singapore and the structure of Singapore, and we looked up a little bit of stuff. But um, I essentially wanted to get to the point of talking about a benevolent dictatorship as mm -hmm. a political structure, as a governmental structure, because often when I've looked at Singapore and research in my past, it kind of comes close to that, right? And I've looked at it as kind of a baseline to a theoretical best way to run a government or society. And Nav, you brought up a point about COVID and their cases and how they were able to handle it yeah. based on like having unified or sorry, universal healthcare, I'm going to assume mandatory. I, I don't know about that, but they, they, um, the government set up like really good contact tracing and they had public goods set out for people to like control it and, you know, hand washing stations, testing stations and all that stuff. And they just absolutely, you know, they, they, they did super well and it's amazing to see that and i think a large part of it is because there isn't as much um what we were talking about before like they're able to get around the bureaucracy right, right? right and right. like they're able to get around these regulations and things that to be honest freedom brings right. like the freedom of yeah. america also brings these problems yeah. of bureaucracy and convolution shit because you have choice mm -hmm. yeah and don't get me wrong i love choice but there is an aspect of taking away some choice that makes things simpler like spitting gum on the ground <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't got a choice yeah. in singapore <laughs> well it see it takes time to make these decisions in government and that those decisions are based on human conflict like mm. the parties arguing right so that's why I, I just thought of this now like if there was a thing that took away human error some kind of i don't know technology Whoa. that took away human Did we error just within loop a back? field did we actually get through a topic and loop back? Let's do it. <laughs> is that, would that work for a government? I'm referencing AI. Would AI. What do you mean though? Like would, if AI if was the AI government? was running oh the government. Because God. that takes away the, the, the human interaction. President the, yeah. Tron. Right, right, what, right. Do you, when you say human error, do you mean just like our inability to be perfect? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. What does that mean though? Like what would be the like, perfect decision? We for make a robot bad decisions. Make, yeah, yeah. Just, like just, data. I mean, AI is just always going to be a data-driven decision. But I guess all human decisions are too. Yeah, exactly. And I guess the human imperfection has emotion. And it's based on our data too. Yeah. Like all the data that would be going into AI, right? Like they would. The AI would probably have more on the bigger scale. And it processes it faster. Yeah. Right. Much but what kind? Of, but what other data? Like, like tree data. You know what I'm saying? Like the data that goes into programming AI is going to be based off our perspectives. Yeah. So like how you said, emotions kind of programmed into it. Is there any way to get past that? Is there an objective programming that would make the AI make the perfect decision? Well, like it's, we I think it about? comes from the collaboration on it and the what mm. information is being like. If all Who the as as much information as possible is being right. processed through it. And I think the humans should still make the decision. So does that mean AI needs? I agree with that. Yeah. Does that mean? And then we can talk in a sec about how to choose which people that would be, because then essentially it's kind of similar to choosing a government. But um, fuck, what were we just saying? Uh, the 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 president being ai what was the what was the 
government. Well, the concept is that bureaucracy is slow because of oh, human man, decisions lost. causing human conflict. I completely lost my point. But oh, oh, there we go, there we go. <laughs> We're, yeah, there we go. We're talking about the AI being in charge, right? And it needing to include multiple perspectives, blah, 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 and like who's involved in it. So are we talking about just the AI leading one country or are we now talking about a world AI unit? Because then it would, you would have to take in the opinions from everyone around the world, mm -hmm. right? And like the best well, minds Well, it's just a stuff. scale thing, right? You would do exactly. the same thing, but... So what's the ideal scale? Like if a country decides to have an AI run them or if the world has like a centralized AI, Yeesh. that's essentially a world government. It's a, it would take a long time to get to that. No, of course. But I'd like to see it That'd on a smaller cool. scale. Like what if a company just decided like, what if we let AI completely rule our decisions as I just mean, an experiment? I think a lot of them do. Well, not completely, obviously, because yeah. there's CEOs no, and heads I mean, of the companies. Completely. But yeah, like yeah. data-driven companies, yeah. a lot they of the just times do, do that. make yeah. their decisions off data. Yeah, you make you gather data, you look at it, you see what it means, and then you make a decision. Usually, it's the data informs that. Yeah, I get, and I guess what you're saying is, because I was I was just thinking of like our data is sold, right? So there's a reason. It's um, people make decisions off of it. But I guess what you were saying is getting rid of the part where maybe. Like where Google sells our analytics to a private company that then uses it to target certain ads, right, or whatever. So are you saying get rid of that part, like the ads part, but the data goes to, um, like, so you, wait, oh, fuck me. What? How did, how did you brought this? You said a company. Oh, you said company, yeah. not country anymore. Yeah, yeah. We well, I, the, I was saying on a smaller scale, like on the smaller scale. Yeah, he would like right. to see it on a smaller scale. And then, and then obviously okay. yeah, it I works see. well. I see. Yeah. Wow, I wonder if a company was fully like there were no humans. It was fully AI, <laughs> ri like uh, driven. Would we have to give them the same individual property, business, private, <laughs> private rights, wow. private ownership rights as a person? I th I mean, somebody would a single person would have to set it all up. Yeah, they would just own it. Uh, like I mean, I I can see a case of that. Like yeah, I can see yeah, like yeah. A, a sh I sell shoes and I buy shoes off of like Alibaba or mm -hmm. something or off of Goat or StockX, and I have the AI check certain shoes if it's a popular shoe it can tell based on uh sentiment from twitter and then you can also say like um if its price is increasing at some rate then you know buy the shoe and then sell it on a different website and like that all can be automated and you can just have a single individual do that yeah so like that said up. alibaba and shit already exists where it's like a lot of that whole work is already stuff. being done more right? work the like the data gathering part like all of the data gathering part that the ai would do most of those systems oh, are already set up in place maybe i don't know well just in terms of like uh, kind of again how we we're just saying how companies can gather analytics and yeah, data. yeah, yeah. like those that's ai right alibaba has data about what people buy on their website right yeah right exactly and it's like who has access to that yeah you know, yeah alibaba using it yeah. for yeah exactly to then target it to you mm. dude ai is just interesting because like you said earlier the question i asked that reality is pretty far away from where we are now. So it's very hard to like try and imagine that and construct it because there's so many things along the way that um, could hiccup it, advance it, slow it down, whatever, whatever. But you said we're about like 3% in. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's no, no, a guess. No, 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 no. I understand. I, the number doesn't matter. I, I understand what you're saying is we're in the very earliest stages. So just to go back to the number scale, like as we get closer to 80, 100, and I know we can't know, let's just imagine, let's speculate. Is that a better thing to you if we get closer to 80 100 percent of yes. knowing what it's about yes tell me why um well at that point where we will have used artificial intelligence to approve improve a lot of the things that we do now mm. so i mean the world will be better like making decisions will be the right better decisions will be made on larger scales better There's more data more yeah more tools will be be able to innovate and this will do things like here i'll give you an example actually yeah company i work for or i'm about to work for they, it's a financial innovation company or technology company. They have a credit card that has around 5% interest rate compared to 
um, 25% on like a credit card right. if you don't pay your debt. Right, right. And, and so just as time goes on, smart people with the tools will be able to improve the things that humans want. Mm. And as artificial intelligence gets more massive mm -hmm. and more useful, those things like increase exponentially and we will be able to do things we don't understand yet. So in the higher percentages, like one of the biggest things about AI is the fact that it doesn't include like morality maybe or like ethics right. behind it. In the higher percentages, do you think AI can cover that stuff? Like it, it would eventually learn, I mean, what, what do you mean? understand human morality, human... Like, like, what do you mean by understanding morality and ethics? And, yeah. and what do you mean by the computer doesn't? Because then that well, also matters who programs it, I, right? Because morality and ethics is yeah. subjective. I like I'm going off of the trolley example. The trolley, the example? trolley example, yeah. where there's two, there's you could either switch the lane to hit uh, one person uh, or five people. How do you decide that? It's a moral question, right? So how how do AIs answer those questions now? Oh, that's interesting. How do how do you ask ask? That's interesting. Elon Musk, dude. he makes the self-driving Tesla. Right. Yeah. But that that's something that they had to figure out. Yes. I don't know if they if that's coded in like. Is that a coded in thing? They had to. They had to code. They had to say protect. I believe they said protect the driver, mm. because you don't want to get in a car that will not protect the driver. Right. Uh -huh. So if the choice is you either go off a cliff, or you take a right that hits five people, the car would hit the five people potentially. Wow. Well, I mean, if it's to protect the driver, yeah. Well, obviously, like you know, if there's like rocks and trees and it's all not, this shit. It's not. It's not going. It's not driving off a cliff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And say. I mean, and then also, if we're setting up the thought experiment, we have to say that like if they turn right like there's no way for it to avoid like it's either you go off the cliff or you hit five people and that's the difference between the driver being saved sounds like the car would go for the hitting the five people yeah and is that is that a world we want <laughs> it's it, it is what it is um well it's not yet it's not yet because you said we're not there yet hard decisions are made all the time that we can't control there's there's chaos in the world we i know i'm just saying we have to decide which hard decisions we want if we we always power, do. If we have the power to decide it in... Like, my hard decision is that driver goes off the edge. You would decide that? Like, if, if it was... Like, yeah, yeah. Because if we have to make hard decisions in that scenario, the driver goes off the edge. Why is the car in that position? That's a great Most question. likely do the driver. Why should those five people get hit? Blah, 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 blah. And, and that's, a, that's a morality stance that I'm right. taking, right? Which is what you're saying. Like, yeah. who programs it which and who matters. And my morality in that stance kind of goes to... Well, if you kind of got yourself in the position where you're gonna drive off the cliff, <laughs> that's like your like, you know those are your um, kind of your fault. Yeah, those are your consequences to deal with, right? So it's I don't know what that is because most of the time when you think of school of ethics in terms of morality of an action, it's uh, like Kantian ethics, consequentialism, or virtue ethics, right? But I don't know which one that would be if it's based on your choices that you should face the consequences. I'm not really sure what that would fall under. It's like a virtue theory, I think. It's about just yeah. like making the best decisions. For right. The, what, what would a virtuous person do? Yeah. But that's so undefined. It's like, okay, well, what's a virtuous it, person? It's like the benefit of everybody, basically. the most people, the, the, the yeah. community, right? It's, and that's the funniest part is then basically all three of those theories kind of come down to the same thing, like in just different senses. Like they basically all say they want the best outcome for the right. most amount different of people. methods. Yeah. yeah. But one's based on like judging it afterwards. One's based on judging it before. And then the other's based on like judging it as the person intrinsically. So I don't know where that goes, but that is a very, I think, important point when it comes to AI is what decides the decisions it makes. The Yeah, the programmer. Right. Because if it's going off data, happenings, all that type of shit, great. What is it deciding based off data and happenings? Is it deciding what do we need for the least amount of people? 
what's best for the sorry the most benefit for the most amount of people what's best for and then that's another thing is like then it, if it's the decision of like uh you know environmental doomsday scenario or something where it's like okay if we let everything go mm, like 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 a thanos wow. situation exactly yeah. exactly if 10 years everyone will be dead we do something right now that kills half like the population kill, like destroy the united states and then yeah, yeah. exactly Exactly. And then think of the United States as the one who created it as their leader. And then the leader's like, yo, we need to destroy this country for the most well-being. And then that also goes, you know what I'm saying? And that goes back to my question about whether it should be just one country or the whole world. Because then if the AI makes a decision on behalf of one country and the rest of the world isn't like up with the AI, then what the fuck happens? What if the AI decides the best decision is to nuke China? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's nuts. And like, you don't get to stop it. What would be the overall goal mm. for if, let's say, hypothetically, all humans united, and whether it's under AI or not, yeah. um, what would be the overall overall goal for us? Is it to learn more, or is it just to survive? And it would that yeah. involve, would it be like exploring different areas? Mm. I I just to to enjoy life. Hmm. But see, and that's different than survival. Yeah, completely yeah. different. One hundred percent. That would be full transcendence of our like Whoa. biology of our human condition it would, it would just yeah, yeah, be appreciation yeah. for life in in, in that's, that's quote-unquote utopia right mm. to 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 transcend basic human what, what was what did you just say um conflict i think to transcend conflict almost and just everyone is united in this cause to just yeah, love yes. life and, and, and i think this is also something we briefly spoke about in another episode but it's like i guess it depends what's the nature of the thing that brings us together I think that would determine common enemy or common good. Exactly. Yeah. Like if it was from some fucking sea leviathan or some alien attack, you know, that's the classic. Everybody yeah. joins together. It's like then okay, then our common goal might be to now set up a world defense system, right? Or like a world space force. You know, maybe Trump was right, right? Like maybe. Oh no, no laughs in the room. Okay, uh, I was just joking. <laughs> I everyone, was thinking about the Netflix show. Think, space yeah, I mean, force. No, no, I would. I would you. I mean, space force. It depends, but that's what I'm saying. Like if. What brought us together? If it was a desire for exploration and discovery, right? which is what usually works now, yeah. I would agree. I think that truly forms the longest-lasting relationships and mm -hmm. benefits. Yeah, but everybody. like, what 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 happens when everything's conquered? Yeah, well, well, that's my question. When there's no when there's no conflict. Well, that's what I'm no... saying. Space. That would probably. I know, be but like, what, what if we what if we conquered space? I mean, wow. what does that mean? Yeah. That's I mean, that's billions of years, possibly, <laughs> yeah. potentially, potentially yeah, yeah, of course, of course, like, millions. Like, I mean, that's. You need to know light speed transportation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll get yeah. there. We'll get we there. No, maybe. We I hope. We but yeah, and I think that's where the values of humanity and a collective consciousness would evolve. That's what you said. The yeah, human yeah. consciousness or a collective yes, consciousness is yes. rising. Like, it is possible to live on Earth without desires, without suffering, and live a peaceful, beautiful, loving life. And people struggle. People do everything in their power to get there without acknowledging that um, they have that ability within themselves and they don't need to chase other things to get there but everybody has that ability and everybody if given the opportunity like i mentioned with the prevalence of the internet and net network connectivity amongst people around the world youtube twitter etc people are now more aware and consciousness is rising now how far does that go that can definitely come go to the point where everybody is just you know at peace at bliss loving uh cultivating love for each other enjoying enjoying life like you know playing yeah. baseball like little little games and stuff like that art you know is there still local identities in this world you're describing what do you mean by local well, it'd identities be, it'd be driven by personal interest well i mean in the sense of like if there's like, what is local identity no i'm with you i'm with you say this is like a say this is like star trek world right where it's all earth is earth right 
are there still is there still China in that world? Mm. Is there still oh. India? Is there still I think America? So, yeah, I mean that's just your maybe your environment where you grew up, you know. But then if we start to form these world values, right, in this world consciousness, we are humans. We are just humans. No. I, oh, okay, okay. So then, what does that mean? We that's our shared value. But what does it mean to be human? I don't understand. Like we're human. Right, right, right. Our shared values that we're human. What does that mean? And that because that like defines a boundary, not boundary, but like it defines a space that we're yes. all fitting in. What yes. does that space mean? If that makes any sense. We are connected by the fact that we experience life through this vessel. We'll live around ninety years. People we love will die. Gotcha. We will have we will we will have celebrations like the fact that we are all human means that we go through all of that. And the fact that we do go through all of that means that we are connected by our humanity. A sense of empathy. Yes. And yeah. empathy is an understanding of emotions, emotional values, right? Yeah. So how does AI figure that out? Holy <laughs> shit. I mean, I, I don't know if it does. Like AI makes art, AI makes music. I like, I, I mean, even if it's really good, I want to listen to Kanye West. I want to listen to his. Yeah. I want to listen to his music. It's actually so something earlier. He's a person. He's a whole identity. Yeah. He's a human. Yes. That's why I want to listen to his music. Right, and it, it, I mean the the music itself has more value when you understand the context of how it was made yeah. and the the emotional value. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so this all started whenever T asked you if you had other projects or, or projects, creative projects yeah. you're going into, and you went into tech, which is I think. Um, Interesting because creativity isn't really thought of in tech by the by most people, I think. Um, but we've talked about how Kanye got into music through. He started. He took a programming class when he was in an elementary school or middle right, school. He was about this on the he code. Yeah, he learned how to code or, or you know what, whatever they teach the kids, was, yeah. and and then he moved that knowledge to music yeah because i don't remember what the original thing was but then he's like then i just started coming in and programming the music to whatever it was whether it was video games or whatever and he's like then i found myself just wanting to come back and do the music part specifically so you're right actually that the love for creation and creativity came out of his tech exposure so i assume you had a question that well that was it i mean um i just think it's an interesting correlation that at least you specifically see a lot of creativity in um in a field that most people don't. I see it in in life, like everything, like art. I mean, art and art is one expression, but um, the the problem of traversing life in the way that makes you feel the best. I want you guys to respond though. So oh, yeah, sorry. yeah you're right. no, that's okay. I'm trying to get Laura so you don't have to sit up. There we go. Okay, let's go. Um, yes, that's good. So I I see creativity in all aspects of life. Like art and music is one great example of it, and it's the most uh, boundless example of it maybe but um, even the problem of like figuring out how to traverse life uh, what to do when to do it and how to do it that's a creative problem at the at the court just the human experience so that maps out to literally every single field and every single interest that exists and I mean innovation and creativity gets stifled by quote-unquote bureaucracy process system it is also enabled by it to a certain degree yes. but um um, yeah, I, I mean, I want te tech is a very in, innovation in tech is an extraordinarily creative field. There are geniuses like changing the world and they're doing it solely through their their intelligence and willpower and ability to understand people and, and, and pitch to them and prove to them that 
their vision is in- interesting and important. And, and um, yeah, that there's huge parallels to music and tech. That's, I mean, Kanye talked about it a lot. I was super happy. Um, for those that don't know, Kanye is like definitely my biggest role model. Yeah. And, I, and I love him. Yeah. And for, for many, many reasons. But um, he talks a lot about, te- he's going into tech innovation, essentially. Um, he's doing a lot of stuff in his home in Calabasas. And, and with the schools he's creating and stuff like that. And he met with, actually, um, Sam Altman, who is the president of Y Combinator, which is the world's best t- tech venture incubator. And he wanted to create that system for music because the tech innovation ecosystem is fucking amazing. And Kanye has shown a bright light on the fact that the mu- music innovation ecosystem is not enabling creators to do their best work. And, and so... He wants to he wants to map that map that to music and and people are getting enslaved by contracts and all of these things, but they don't need to be. And Kanye wants to revolutionize that. But all I'm saying is that um, tech is a phenomenal example of um, and it's a great area for for creativity. But on the bigger picture, like everything in life really is. A creative endeavor. All thoughts are creative. Say again? All thoughts are creative. And you've said that, and I was going to draw back to that exact point. You've said that on this podcast before, and I thought it was a brilliant point. Because I think, again, like you just said, there's a fundamental misunderstanding of what creativity is. I think people think it's like a result or a certain output. Like it's a painting. It's a song. Uh, It's whatever. But it's a thought process. It's a mindset, right? It's a way to live your life. And so when you apply your thoughts your intelligence like you're saying into these all these innovative and first of all innovative like things that are new are creative by definition yeah right so just by virtue of doing something that's different it's creative right and that doesn't necessarily mean good i don't think creativity has morality inherently i think it's like a lot of the things we've been talking about it's what you choose to do with it but i, I do love that uh, you know you're exposing um that there is this creativity that underlies these things because it also makes it less of an evil looking thing like i know a lot of people would look at financial institutions tech a lot of shit just off face like oh that's big business like oh they're ruining the world and that type of shit but i think if we then unlock this idea of well no not necessarily there are people that are using their creative thoughts to do things that a lot i mean i think a lot of them especially in tech innovations are trying to do things they think will better the world and of course there are some that misuse that of course and also a lot of people that do it to for personal wealth and gain. Yeah. And some of the larger companies have got it to the point where the people under them are not able to have creativity. Yes. They're not able. And I, and I think that's what you just said too about when Kanye was talking about the contract and stuff and how the music business kind of stifles that. And personal wealth and gain, I'm like not necessarily against that. It's like when it's the sole motive. It's not, it's not, it's, I don't think it's a terrible, I think it's a good thing. I think everybody, everybody wants to be rich and wealthy. Yeah. It's like, I don't care if the, rich person that does charity for tax write-offs gets those tax write-offs. I don't care because the charity still helps people, right? So it's like if people, and then, you know, ideally, right, we're, we're not talking about specific things necessarily that they might do, but that idea is not bad to me because it's like everybody's benefiting, right? The government, the billionaire, the people that they're helping, right? It's just about kind of, I guess, shrinking those discrepancies. I wish, I do wish the benefits um, leaned more towards the people who are I being um, marginalized. I do too, because like the billionaires, I mean, you've already made it, yo. They don't need as much. Yeah, and <laughs> you obviously still have your own problems in life, but in terms of we're just talking monetarily, yeah, you're, you know, I think you've made it. You're set if you got a billion. I don't think you ever really need to worry again, even if you go bankrupt. Trump proved that, right? You don't really need to worry. Um, Kanye was in like fifty million in debt. Yeah, he was. yeah, I do want to talk specifically about Kanye and like all this, and we were talking about it earlier, just this whole president run shit. But before we get into that, um, are there more like 
I, I like this, so we're going, I want to stop it abruptly, but are there more like financial tech, creativity, thoughts, ideas? Actually, you know what? Before that, because there was the one more thing that I wrote down here I wanted to go back to, and it was, you're talking about depression treatments, yeah. and I wanted to know what those different ones were that your company was looking into and just like how it's, they it's not a company. It's, it's just, it's just a few of us working together to solve a problem. But, um, so essentially we have data, open source data from researchers in Russia who have been super helpful. They gave us data about patients with moderate to mild, mild to moderate depression mm-hmm. and, and, um, which is called minor depression in the United States DSM, which is what clinicians might use. But, yeah. um, Essentially, we what have. What does that stand for? Because I hear about that a DSM, lot. DSM Diagnostic and Statistic Manual. And that's like kind of what the the guide to mental illness and things like that. I could go on about this too, but the DSM is old and archaic, and it's not yeah. well formed, and it stifles. When was it made? Development. Well, there's in multiple iterations decades, of it, right? decades ago. Yeah, we're on DSM five, right. but um, it's it's bad, and it's also weirdly funded the most by pharmaceutical industry so Uh, not weirdly yeah um so but there but but good news good news there's a new framework called the rdoc research domain criteria started by the ex-director of the nih national institute of health um that is more biological focused and more it's a better method i'll just say that and um, more people are adopting it so i think there's going to be a lot of progress in the psychology fields because in the past psychology is not People don't think of it as a science, but it is. It's very biological. What? Yeah. Who hasn't thought of that? Um, well, you think of hard sciences. You think of physics, bio, oh, sure. chemistry. It's not like immediately thought it's of. It's not a hard science, but it is. People don't think of it as a hard science. Is it not? I don't understand why it wouldn't be. P- people don't. I mean, do you do you understand where I'm getting at? Maybe it's the stigma of the schools and the people I'm surrounded with. I, I think with. I understand where you're getting at. I guess I'm more trying to understand their position. Like, why? Oh, would because they not oh, it's because that? it's because it's like it's like in the brain. It's emotional. Like we don't have a grasp on the brain, so it's like uh, it's oh, a, it's yeah, like yeah. it's yeah, like yeah. you have depression. Feel better. Go on a run. Right. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's yes, yes, exactly. Um, yeah. That be okay. So I'll pull it back to the to my project. Um, so we have MRI data scans from. Uh, 29 patients with uh, with depression and a uh, few of them have gotten cognitive behavioral therapy treatment which is the s- essentially standard state of the art I'd say um, therapy uh, it, it's not an invasive you don't take a drug or anything like that it's, it's the state of the art therapy there and then neurofeedback which is another form of therapy um, and so we, we have MRI scans we're building machine learning models to find pa- patterns in the data of the image and we are um, training it on the post, the pre and post scans of those patients. And, and, and then we also have data about how they feel before and after. So we can say a patient, if things go well, we can say um, a patient that has this type of brain with this type of pattern that we found with the machine learning uh, uh, is, is best helped by this type of treatment, whether it's CBT or neurofeedback. And the, and the reason we want to solve this problem is because um, we, we're so uncertain about treatments and like we, we will kind of guess when we give treatments to people with mental illnesses, right. we have a good, uh, doctors have a very good idea. I mean, they studied this, but, uh, some uh, very frequently treatments don't work. We talk about how Kanye says it, it's, it doesn't help him. Yeah. So he doesn't take it. Yeah. Um, and so for, for a lot of people, they have a lot of these negative side effects. They'll come off the medication. They'll try another one. And then there's these people that don't have, they can't get treated at all. They've tried every single thing under the sun and they don't work. It doesn't work. And they'll do like a type of lobotomy. They'll cut out part of the brain. Um, and, and, and so that kind of cures it, but it obviously has a host of other problems. Um, yeah right. Yeah yeah. We already said we don't understand the brain, so it's like taking out a whole. Dude, cut piece. it, cut it off, man. That's what they said. Fuck it. That's, that's I'll take a, that. Yeah, you need a little gray matter. Yeah yeah, and and so I'll a little yeah. Um, so b- basically, I'll um, 
so yeah, ho- hopefully we can help clinicians decide what treatments to give to their um, patients given an MRI scan.